Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to season three of Own It, the Anxiety Podcast with me, Caroline Foran, where we are focusing on shorter solution-based topics as we ride out the lockdown. Now, before I say anything more, I just want to point out that I'm 30 weeks pregnant now and I'm starting to feel very breathless. There's not a whole lot of room going on in my belly and chest area, what with the growing bump. So apologies if I sound a little bit breathless. I've also just come up three flights of stairs (laughs) to record this. So please forgive me. This is the second last episode of season three. I will then take the quickest break and I'll be right back with season four, which will see me return to longer episodes with guests. So if you're sick of hearing from just me this whole time, you are in luck. It's about to change. There'll be lots of incredible experts in the mix and it's just, it's amazing how much I'm still learning even four seasons in. And there'll of course be lots of familiar voices or other non-expert folk just like myself who will share their experiences of anxiety, which I always hope provides a little bit of comfort to you listening. And I think sometimes even if all you get from an episode is that you're not the only person feeling this way or that way, it can make a hugely positive impact on your own experience of anxiety. For this episode, I want to hone in on one specific tool that I have found massively helpful in dealing with kind of day-to-day anxieties and especially when it comes to anxiety around an event or something more tangible in the future that we are maybe anticipating. I think now as lots of countries start to emerge from lockdown, hopefully with, with great success and normal life seems to be around the corner, fingers crossed, we will be getting back to the kind of life where we're not just sitting at home all the time, but we're taking action, we're socialising again, we might be looking for new opportunities or we might be starting to think about getting our careers or our general kind of life plans back on track. And just as there was a lot of anxiety about adjusting into lockdown, we will likely feel a bit sticky as we go back the other way too. And that's okay. We're a bit rusty on normal life and we're certainly going to be a bit rusty when it comes to social interactions. I definitely already feel the effect of that when I'm trying to get a takeaway coffee and I don't know where to stand or look and you can't obviously touch anyone and and, you know you just feel a bit awkward. That's okay but we all have that in common. We might have gotten used to spending all of our time in our little cocoons at home with just one other person. I know I have and as excited as I am to see things progress 
I'm already allowing for the fact that it will be a bit of an adjustment period as well because I actually can't remember the last time I went more than even an hour or two without seeing Barry as he's been working from home and we've been together literally every minute of every day and next weekend is this the first weekend we've been able to make any plans since since March and I guess before that I was so consumed with morning sickness that I wasn't going anywhere since Christmas time so I have a small get together with my some of my girlfriends on Saturday as we'll finally be allowed to do that and go into other people's houses and then on Sunday he has plans and already in my head I'm like but those are our days you know that's that's our time to lie on the sofa and to do nothing so I'm kind of anticipating that there's just a little hint of, of separation anxiety there on my part but I will cross that bridge when I come to it and I will allow for it because after everything we've been through that will be very normal. So with the tool I want to talk about today, it doesn't specifically have to apply to our current situation of adjusting back to normality. It'll definitely come in handy regularly throughout life. It has done so for me. It's also incredibly simple. I'm not reinventing the wheel in any way here. I'm just trying to offer clear ways of approaching things that might induce anxiety for you and hopefully make you feel a bit more empowered in the process and take some of that anxiety out of the picture. So today's tool or life skill, if you want to call it, that I recommend investing some energy into is what I like to call the fuck it moment. Or for those who I know will message me and complain about the curse words, I will call it the art of decision making. I know I curse a lot and I just find it really satisfying and empowering. I know some people are so against it, but at this stage, if you really find it so offensive and you can't get anything else out of the podcast, that's okay. One thing that is sure to make us feel frazzled or keep us stuck on an anxiety loop is when we find ourselves paralyzed by indecision. And in my experience, indecision about anything breeds fear. We question ourselves over and over again and we're so afraid of doing the wrong thing. But if you remember from our episode on comfortable neutrality, and if you don't, I suggest you go back and and remind yourself of that. It was a very short one. We do not have and we will never have a crystal ball in life to know how things will go. All we can do is approach things from the perspective that we'll be okay if they do work out and we'll be okay if they don't work out. And even if you think you have all of the information you need at hand to make an informed, educated decision, and even if you manage to make decisions quickly or easily... Every decision always requires somewhat of a leap of faith. They always involve some element of the unknown because it's future oriented. And if we know anything at this stage, it's that the unknown is a place where we're likely to find anxiety. When we struggle to make decisions, if you were to peel back the layers of what's going on behind the scenes, what you'd find there is that we're really struggling to trust our own instincts and we're doubting ourselves. And all of that self-doubt, as you will know, adds more fuel to the fire of anxiety. So of all the things that I've implemented or or tried to implement to reduce the hum of anxiety in in my own life over the years, I'm probably most proud of my decision-making ability. I don't think that I've always been good at it. I don't think I was necessarily born with it. Like confidence, which is something else I want to talk about at another point, it's, it's not a personality trait, it's a skill that I have developed. And knowing that the sooner I make a decision, the sooner I feel in control. And when I feel in control, I feel less anxious. I also want to say that just because it's a skill that I now have, it's not always firing on all cylinders. If I'm exhausted or run down or stressed out, that self-doubt will start to creep back in and I'll struggle to decide between two options of what to eat for dinner. Just because we have developed skills doesn't mean they're always turned on, ready to rock. However, when we feel rested and we're taking good care of ourselves, our skill set, which hopefully after this episode for you will include decision-making, will be a lot easier to draw upon. And I think this is why you'll always hear the phrase sleep on it when it comes to making bigger decisions in life. Give yourself the best chance possible of a swift and appropriate decision by having your batteries fully recharged. So the art of decision-making, or the fuck-up moment, 
is for me the ultimate expression of assertiveness in the face of fear. You know that feeling when you've worked through your never-ending list of reasons not to do something that you know deep down you should do? This is where I like to think of myself as having two selves. So there's the childlike self that feels fear strongly and says, no, no way, don't even ask me. The answer is no, I'm not doing it. And the higher, more adult self that just quietly knows this is something I should be doing. On a good day, despite your abundance of fear and worry and perhaps empirical evidence to contrary, your higher self will step in and override the childlike self without completely negating its worries and simply say, fuck it, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get through this. This, I'm telling you, is just the most powerful anxiety reducing moment in itself. In my own experience, one of the most crucial steps in confronting fear and allowing for an expansion of my comfort zone is the simple act of making a decision. And when you make that decision, if you want, like me, you simply say, fuck it, out loud, provided you're not obviously in the company of the easily offended. By doing this, you know, you still feel anxious, you still feel nervous, you still take your concerns and your and your doubts seriously. These are all real and justifiable feelings, don't get me wrong. But when you make a decision to do something and tell yourself and those around you that you're going to do it, you instill in yourself a surge of confidence that enables you to approach the starting point or the cliff's edge. And it really works. When this happens, you realise pretty quickly that a lot of your fear and anxiety is actually wrapped up in the indecision and hesitation. And this is common to us all. The confidence comes from your ability to just trust yourself and then take that leap of faith, like I said. And if you can feel all of those worries and at the end of the day still say, fuck it, I can do this, I can absolutely survive and perhaps I can even thrive. It might not be the desired amount of confidence necessary to just sail through and know that everything will work out. But as I said, it's enough that will help you show up at the starting line. So this will come in handy for things like if you're if you're asked to go and give a speech at a wedding or for, for those kind of big things. But obviously the day-to-day decision making that you're going to have to make that just when you remove that that haze of indecision, there's no room for anxiety. So there is a, a chapter in a book called The Rules of Life by Richard Templer, which I actually spoke about in the previous episode as a book that's always beside my, my bedside locker. And it's a four-part 17th century samurai warrior rule that says no fear, no surprise, no hesitation, no doubt. And this was like his four-point philosophy for a successful life. So no fear and no, and no surprise and the first two parts are really about trying to live our life without fear which I think is a lot easier said than done a little bit frustrating um, and no surprise for me was was really in, in realising that if you're truly awake in life not an awful lot can creep up on you and had I been really awake and aware of what was going on in my life when I first became really really anxious it would probably never have gotten so bad in the first place. The third and fourth points of his code for a successful and contented life are probably the most relevant to what we're discussing here and I've I never forget them so number three no hesitation and number four no doubt and I would always consider them my call to action whenever that anxiety voice of indecision creeps in. So the former is like the fuck it moment though I suspect a 17th century samurai warrior probably didn't use the f word as easily as I do now and essentially you still allow yourself the time to run through all of your fears and worries and things that could go wrong and the reasons not to do something and then you make a decision only you or your higher thinking self can know if it's worth doing or whether it's actually a bad idea that won't serve you well sometimes it is a bad idea sometimes things don't work out but spend too long thinking about it and the opportunity might pass you by The fourth point, no doubt, is equally important. This is about not questioning your decision when you've made it. 
So when you've committed yourself to a certain path, either opting in of something or opting out of something, don't go over it again and again and again in your head and don't look back. I'm always giving out to Barry for this because he makes a decision. We both agree that it's the best decision you could have made. It could be about something tiny. And like all through the day, he'll, be, he'll keep asking me, are you sure I should have done that? Are you sure I should have done that? And he's unraveling that trust in himself and I can see it happen. So you don't have to be confident that your decision will work out in your favour, but you should be confident in the fact that you've made a decision. You've made one and that in itself is hard enough. Sometimes that's the hardest part. Practicing this kind of self-assertion, even if at first you don't quite believe yourself, is crucial on the path to reducing anxiety and building that confidence that we need. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. For me, when I'm, when I'm circling around the idea of doing something, I'm always riddled with unhelpful thoughts telling me, you know, to say no or to run a million miles away and choose a career, because usually it's career stuff for me, with less room for the unpredictable. And the negatives always come first, along with the surge of unwanted physical feelings, usually in my stomach. And I will always feel this way at first, no matter what I take on or how much cliff jumping I do, because my body's automatic response is always to protect itself from anything that disturbs my status quo or threatens my physical or emotional security. And that's okay. We shouldn't try to change that. It's what makes us human. But when I make a decision to go forward with something, it actually dissipates a significant amount of the fear and especially those nasty physical feelings. The thing is, I'm not just faking it till I make it. By doing this, I've actually set about creating the biology of confidence. And as I said, for me, indecision breeds fear, whereas going for it, making a decision, quells it to a certain extent. What's really interesting to observe when you find yourself in this situation is to see where you stand with the fear of the fear. So here's what I mean. If you make a decision and you feel that the anxiety has lifted somewhat, you will know that a lot of what you're fearing was the fear itself. The task at hand, whatever shape that may take for you, is now not as unnerving. While at this point a large part of me still admittedly wants to find a way out and hide under a duvet or conveniently fall ill or get hit by a truck, when I make a decision the benefits are as follows. I've made a decision so I no longer have to torture myself with will I, won't I questioning. I will feel a thrill and a surge of excitement in knowing that because I've chosen to do this, in spite of my fears, I will become a better version of myself. Pushing yourself through fears like this actually releases a stream of dopamine into the body, which is a nice side effect that you've probably overlooked. And when I say I'm going to do something and I vocalise this and I commit to it, I convince the childlike part of myself that it will be okay. It needs reassurance and I'm giving it. I feel proud of myself for being brave, which gives me a further surge of confidence to follow through. And I feel proud for just showing up. I think of how I'm going to get through the situation, which has created so many feelings of fear. And this makes me feel in control. Making a decision puts me in control. Fear is most often linked with the feeling of not having control, but this gives it right back to you. 
and in making a decision, I've already instilled confidence even before I've taken on the task itself. And this alone is an expansion of my comfort zone. So the act of asserting yourself and making decisions is a very important building block on the road to reduced anxiety, but it's also important that we do this quickly. It's still important to walk through the fears, concerns, thoughts, worst case scenarios, best case scenarios, and potential and believable excuses for opting out so that they don't come back to haunt you at an inopportune time later on. But you should put a time limit on this assessment part. You don't want to ignore your childlike self, but you also can't indulge it too much. Otherwise, it will only snowball into panic and then it'll be very hard to think straight and know what is reasonable and what is blown out of proportion because of stress. Making a decision without too much delay will prevent this from happening and it works for me. It will get you to that point of confidence a lot sooner, saving you lots of unnecessary anguish. What I'm hoping you realise by now is that decision is the very powerful bridge between your thoughts and your actions. However, I obviously appreciate that you may be like me and therefore quite anxiety prone, so it may take a little practice to get comfortable with the art of decision making. It is a skill, but one that can absolutely be learned. The thing is, fear and anxiety will tend to bend you in favour of a decision that gives you the safest outcome. In this case, to ensure your anxiety isn't always the one in the driving seat of decision making, I find it very useful to write a dual list of reasons to do something and reasons not to do something. This means I'm looking at it from a balanced and reasonable perspective. I'm not trying to be something I'm not, which is fearless, but I'm giving myself the fair assessment I deserve. Say, for example, I think back to a time when I was asked to go on a TV current affairs panel show. That's It's live, it's very serious, and it's discussion-based. And the guests who appear on the show are extremely well-educated, well-informed, highly qualified in their areas of expertise. And I felt like I was just the biggest imposter on the panel. And on this particular day, that was my mountain to climb. But the process of facing the fear will be the same whether you're about to ask somebody out on a date or you say yes to a new job or you're wondering about taking on an opportunity. It's crucial that you know that all of these tools are always transferable. So the panel discussion was on mental health reform in government policy and education. And even though I've written a best-selling book on how to manage anxiety, the nature of the show was st- still very much beyond my comfort zone. And I was only getting used to being interviewed and now I was you know, entering what I perceived to be a very, very scary environment. So this is what happened. I was asked about it in person, face to face, and they wanted me to appear on the show that same night. I was already out in the studio because I'd been on the TV that morning for something a lot less scary. I had no time to prepare, no time to freak out, no time to obsess and mull over and indulge my fears and then arrive at a reasonable decision in my own time. This was both good and bad. Good because I wouldn't have to spend the whole week worrying and bad because I'm a big believer in preparation. I felt pressured into saying yes on the spot to avoid an awkward conversation, but then on my drive home, I instantly felt consumed with fear and anxiety and self-doubt. I wasn't alone in the car, like every negative feeling I could muster carpooled with me the whole way home. Anxiety was right beside me, with a speech bubble just suspended in the air saying, you know, you're going to fail at this, this is not going to go your way. The minute I got home, I got on the phone to my my nearest and dearest and I voiced my concerns and they just said, look, it's up to you. They told me not to feel pressured into it, but that if I did do it, I'd be fine. Of course, I didn't believe them. I then phoned the person who had asked me to go on the show and told her that there was just no way I could do this. I'm not good enough. And that was the gist of the reason that I gave her for opting out. And I felt a little bit safer in saying that. I felt like, okay, the threat was kind of gone but there was also this feeling of having let myself down bubbling underneath luckily the girl on the phone pushed back in a very gentle way telling me that I absolutely could do this and not only would I be well capable I would be a wonderful addition for the team she actually said it'd be a breath of fresh air and that was like okay that's really nice (laughs) so eventually the words okay I'll do it just came out of my mouth at this point all of my concerns were still there they were all still valid, but I knew I had decided to commit and at precisely that moment, all of the fears stopped fighting for airspace and they said, oh, okay, she's doing it. We're obviously not getting our way here. The debate was over and the anxiety settled. 
I then got texts and calls from those to whom I had been talking saying well you know did you make a decision did you opt out and like a different person I just said no I'm gonna do it I'll be fine and I wasn't just saying this I really believed it I arrived at the studio later that night it was a very late night show and while of course I still had jitters I did not want to run for the door and that's because I'd made a decision long story short I got through it I even spoke up to voice my opinion that actually went against everyone else's on the panel which I thought was quite brave and I felt like a duck with my feet flapping vigorously underneath underneath the water But to those watching me at home who knew of my anxiety that day, it appeared as though I had just always had my shit together. So fear, as you know, often dominates decisions. It's always the first to arrive at the party, especially for us anxious people, it's always going to be the first to show up. But making a decision tells fear precisely where to shove it. So when you're approaching a decision-making challenge, you know, and I'm not talking about picking between two paint colours for your wall, I'm talking about something that really creates anxiety for you, and maybe maybe that is something that creates anxiety for you. Get out the pen and paper and do a cost-benefit analysis. Think of an event or something that you have to make a decision about that makes you feel uneasy. Draw a line down the middle of a piece of paper. To the left of the line, write down the list of reasons not to do it, and on the right, write the reasons to do it. Even if you feel yourself leaning more towards not doing it, try to write more reasons to do it than not to do it so that the pros list appears longer than the cons list. Don't just make stuff up, but make a conscious effort to focus on the possible positive outcomes. And always do the negatives first so that the reasons not to do it are off your chest and they're not bursting to get out. Let them have their moment and then move on to the reasons for something. The result I find is always a good visual motivator for me. It's measured, it's considered both sides and it shows you that there are more benefits, short-term and long-term than disadvantages to be gleaned from a situation. You might not feel ready yet, but you can't argue with numbers. It makes things feel like less of a risk because clearly you've got more to gain than you have to lose. And when you've done that, you should be in a far better position to decide, okay, this is not for me, or do you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna do it. I hope you found this helpful. I really can't speak enough for the power of decision making in quelling anxiety when it comes to something tangible that we're facing in our life. And for more very practical tools like this, pick up the confidence kit or if you're in America it's called you got this as always I massively appreciate the support when anyone buys the books and if you can't do that maybe you want to tip the series over on my patreon page which is www.patreon.com forward slash caroline foreign and if you can't do that maybe you could share the series with someone who might find it helpful or leave me a nice review every little thing helps so thank you so much and I will be back on to you next week for the last episode of season three What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access a full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.